0: I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie.
1: And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 181. We
0: don't have an intro. I wonder who hasn't done them. (laughs) Oh, the shade of it all. But if you're like, oh my god, they don't have an intro and I love them. Well, join the Patreon, peeps. And do one. How do you do that? Go to patreon.com forward slash the APC podcast. Okay, well since we
1: don't have any fucking thing to talk about at the beginning, let's jump right in. This one is Lucid Dreams slash Sleep Paralysis. Hello, Donna and Carrie. I'm a 19-year-old college student who is currently listening to your podcast instead of doing my ever-growing list of assignments. Priorities, am I right? I absolutely love y'all's show and listen to it all the time and have always wanted to write in, so here I am. I've always been drawn to the occult and all scary things. One of my favorite shows as a kid was called A Haunting.
0: Yes, I love that. Is that a well-known show or was it just me? 100%, and you can watch it on Discovery+. Plus.
1: But growing up in a religious household, I was never able to delve deep into the unknown and was often shamed for asking questions or talking about things that went against the Bible. I think in my mind, I knew it wasn't okay to talk about this stuff in the daytime, so it waited until night. I've always had crazy dreams and lucid dreams before I even knew the word for it. When I did, it was always cute and fun until I started to get older. Pretty recently, for a short period of time, about two weeks straight, I would have dreams where people in them would beg, cry, and yell at me to wake up. One particular instance that stayed with me was the time an older lady took me by the shoulders, looked me deep into my eyes while we both sobbed. She leaned in close and whispered, please, you need to wake up. I'm going to wake you now. As she whispered to me, many others in my dream yelled and screamed at her not to wake me up, but I'm glad she did because a bitch was scared. I took a final look around, closed my eyes, then shot right up, now suddenly awake. I thought those dreams were scary, but soon after I began to experience sleep paralysis. I've never seen scary shadow or demons knock on wood, but usually just see my family members that aren't in the household at the time. One time I remember waking up to my whole family standing over me in bed when none of them had returned from work yet. That used to happen a lot, but I was never scared. This is until one occurrence. I was taking a nap on the couch during the day because hashtag unemployed, then shortly woke up. Looking around, the furniture seemed to be rearranged. The room was a mess. I thought that it was strange until I woke up again. This happened five more times. I'm honestly not exaggerating. I remember feeling a panic attack coming on until I falsely awoke for the last time. I lied on my back trying to calm myself down until I felt someone sitting behind me. I looked up at the cushion behind my head and saw my sister, who was currently at work, sitting with perfect posture and staring straight ahead. I was surprised. I thought I was finally awake. Still looking at her from the same position, I exclaimed, wow, you're home early. Then she turned her head and hovered right above mine. I gasped. Her eyes, completely white, stared down at me intensely. She then shrugged her shoulders and sighed. She then asked defeatedly while shaking her head, I'm not real, am I? Needless to say, I finally woke the fuck up. After that, for weeks, I was terrified to go back to sleep because every time I did, I would experience multiple false awakenings. It actually freaked me out a lot. I literally questioned what was real in my waking life. But now I'm good. Haven't experienced that since, but I still think about it every time I go to sleep. Anyway, I appreciate y'all so much. I feel like I'm chatting with friends every time I listen to your podcast. I have more crazy dream stories I can possibly send in later. In the meantime, I hope y'all have sweet dreams tonight and every night after. Creep it real and don't get scared, Bunny.
0: Well, Bunny, I would be paranoid if I were you too. Like, questioning everything. Because I hate when that happens and that does not happen a lot for me. But it is, it's like, wait, am I awake? And then you actually wake up and you're like, wait, am I awake now? It's like you can't trust anything. No. mm -mm. But please send in more of your stories. I love sleep stories.
1: I know this is weird, but it literally makes me sleepy.
0: (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, because they're not getting a good night's sleep
1: so true but i do that even like in movies and stuff or tv shows where they've got a lot going on they're not sleeping or the baby's crying or this or that blah blah blah, blah and they're not sleeping i'm like i'm
0: literally tired <laughs> that's you all the time okay the next one hi ladies i've been listening to your show for a few months now and i love the way you guys are so down to earth it's like everyone says i feel like i'm hanging out with friends you guys are the best i have a story and i don't know if it really fits into true crime But I guess you could say it was a crime committed against my family, so I'll jump right in. At the time of this story, I was around four months pregnant, had a one-year-old and a 16-year-old, all girls. It was a Sunday night, my toddler was sleeping in the bed with me and my husband, and I was finally falling asleep around 3 a.m. because my sleeping was all messed up from my pregnancy. So I'm lying there just peacefully drifting off when I'm startled awake by someone banging furiously on my door. I mean, they were pounding on the door. My dog is in there going absolutely nuts and barking like mad. At this point, I'm already pretty scared. We lived in a town where we didn't know anyone and we were about one and a half hours from our nearest family member or friend. I had no idea who could be beating on the door at 3 a.m. I woke up my husband, who sleeps like a damn rock, so it took a bit, and I told him someone was banging on the door. When he becomes aware and finally hears it, he's also very freaked out. So he goes to the other room to check it out. I hear a bunch of shouting, and I can't understand until I hear the words, Get down on the ground! Down on the ground now! And I know it's the police, but I have no idea what's going on. Like, did they come to the wrong house, confuse us with someone? Was my husband okay? My other daughter? I'm just lying there in the dark, holding my breath, listening, and praying nothing bad would happen to us. So then I hear the police start to spread out through my house. It was kind of a weird layout and my room was at the back, so it took what felt like an eternity for them to get back to where I was. All of the noise woke up my toddler, but by some miracle, she wasn't screaming. So I was holding on to her as much for my comfort as hers when one of them busted open the door and pointed a giant assault rifle with a blinding ass flashlight on it right at my face right at me, four months pregnant, holding a toddler. He was shouting at me to put my hands where he could see them. They were around the baby, so I guess he couldn't see them. So I pull my hands off of her, and she, being a toddler, decides to try and climb off the bed. I go to wrap one arm around her to keep her from climbing away, and he screams at me to put my hands where he can see them again. I try to ask him what's going on, he just kind of shoves the gun toward me, not hitting, but it was more like a gesture, and tells me to be quiet and keep my hands in sight until they're done searching the house. He also makes me get out of bed and stand, which was pretty awkward because I'm a large pizza and I wasn't wearing pants. British or American, my lady needs the night air. Sorry if TMI. (laughs) I'm shaking and probably the most scared and embarrassed I've ever been in my life. I'm staring down the barrel of a gun and at this cop who is dressed all out in SWAT gear. And he looks terrified too. Not because of my butt, I swear. He was definitely jumpy, which scared me even more. And I don't know how my toddler didn't climb off the bed, but somehow she sat there and was good the whole time. Maybe the flashlight fascinated her? I have no idea, but probably after two more minutes that felt more like ten, he got a call on his radio and relaxed. He told me I could put my pants on, thanks officer, and let me pick up my baby. I tried to ask him what was going on again, but he said he'd let his superior officer explain and had me go to the other room. I followed him in, carrying my toddler, and there was my husband and like five cops in my living room, and my teenage daughter was also there. The superior officer tells us that they were there because someone had called in, given our address, and said that they'd just killed their entire family and was going to kill any cops that came into the house. So, they sent a freaking SWAT team into my house at 3 a.m. We lived in a tiny little town, so cops had been pulled in from various towns all over to form the SWAT team. There were way more in the yard than in the house, probably about 15 cops in all. They even had snipers on the roof of all the surrounding houses. We found this out the next day when they had to come back to talk to us more. How the heck did this happen to us? Well, my 16-year-old daughter, who was out of school for fall break and doing the sneaky teenager internet things, had rejected some random guy on Discord. He was writing her taunting text about how the cops should be there any minute, the whole time it was going on. I don't know how he did it, but he somehow got our address from her IP address. Despite her handing over her tablet and giving them all the info she had, the cops never caught him. We called to check up on that for a while, and I know they really, really wanted to get him because he had messed with them, maybe more than he messed with us, and they were pissed. He threatened to do it again and given us a date, but the date came and went and nothing happened. The whole situation could have been much, much worse. I hate to think what could have happened if my husband had gone in there with a gun and they thought he was their guy. I was traumatized for a while, and I didn't feel comfortable with this guy knowing where I lived. He also knew all of our names, places we worked, etc. We moved out a few months later and ended up selling our house about two years after that. It needed lots of work that we couldn't afford anyway. My daughter learned a valuable lesson about talking to randos on the internet. Other than that, there's not much more to tell. I really wish they had caught the guy because he put us and all of those poor cops through a lot. The cops were very apologetic about the whole thing. I'm just grateful no one got shied. Like I said earlier, that one cop was terrified. I can't imagine what it took for them to be as calm as they were knowing what they thought they were walking into. Anyway, thanks for listening to my story. I know it's a long, but it is definitely the craziest and scariest thing that has ever happened to me. Creep it real and hide your IP address. At first,
1: I was like, please don't tell me the daughter did this. Please don't tell me the daughter did this, thankfully. I mean, not thankfully that it was like some creeper, but like, yeah, at least your daughter didn't fake call, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, that's called being swatted. Right. That's what I was just yeah. about to say. There is a show on Netflix, like a documentary about, some, I think it was on Netflix, about a guy who did like swat people because he had gotten swatted. And it was all like playing a game online. And I think he had killed someone's character by accident. Kind of how like Colby plays Fortnite. And like Mm -hmm. when you die, like your team loses or whatever out of like 100 people. yeah, That's my rough understanding when they do that stuff. But he accidentally killed his teammate, you know, or whatever. And so they lost. And that guy was just like a random guy, I think. But he swatted him for that. And so he was like fucking freaked out. But instead of being like paranoid and traumatized, like the writer was, Mm -hmm. he was like, oh, my God, that's what I want to do. He had so much power. Like he had the police at his fingertips. Oh, my God. And so he did it everywhere. And he was like on Twitter taunting the police like you're never going to find me. Blah, 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 blah. But he ended up doing it and it was the wrong address. Like he did it to someone and the guy was like, yeah, my address is blah. Like come and get me. Do your worst. And the guy didn't double check because he's like, oh, this idiot gave me his address. It was not the right address. It was like next door or something. And they went in and the guy who was there didn't know. Like he wasn't the one who was playing a game. He was just doing whatever. And they... I think they shot and killed him. And so that guy got charged because he had sent them in, yes. like a whole thing. But I was like glued to the fucking TV because I'm like. Wait, this like, was a show? It was a documentary.
1: Oh, okay, okay.
0: Yeah, I was like, oh, in this thinking, this was real life. And I was like, hey, David, are you telling me an epi- SVU episode? <laughs> I mean, don't put it past me. But no, because I mean, I had heard of swatting, but who? That's so scary. And like how she said, they came in and they're ramped up because they're being told the absolute worst to get the SWAT team there. Man. Thank you for sharing that. I'm so sorry y'all had to go through that. Oh, man. Okay, the next one.
1: Hi. Not really a sinister sightings, but still. I worked in an assisted living community as the third shift supervisor slash med tech. My best friend and I worked together and on nights I was off, she was a supervisor so we didn't get to work together all the time, which sucked. On the nights we worked together, we pranked each other and our girls, four CNAs per night, relentlessly one night we had done the usual scaring the crap out of each other and decided to go outside to smoke and since it was like 3 a.m we had to go to the spooky ass smoking area facing the woods behind the facility we were sitting there cutting up about our night of victories when several men started screaming at us from the woods we left dust outlines of our shapes getting back inside (laughs) the police came and checked everything but other than cigarette butts they found nothing in the woods skip ahead a week and we had been given permission to smoke in the enclosed courtyard for our safety so we were standing out there and once again had been pranking smoking and talking when we heard a noise we yelled we can hear you you're not going to get us to our co-workers only to hear a thud and a grunt those crazy men from the woods had been on the freaking roof and when we yelled one fell Outside the fenced area, thank God. Cops were called once more and we were told to stay inside and not take any smoke breaks. Yeah, the pranking stopped as well. Skip ahead again about two weeks and it's my night without my best friend. We also had two call-ins, so it was just the three of us in the facility. I worked the assisted living side alone and put the CNAs in the Alzheimer's unit. About 3 a.m., the girls came flying out, screaming at the top of their lungs because someone was knocking on something in the empty rooms. I, being the absolute total badass I am, called 911 to get them there, grabbed a fork for my protection, and headed back there alone to protect my residence. Can you hear the superhero fanfare yet? I get back to the dimmed unit and immediately heard the knocking. Flying into the room with my danged fork ready, I head to the closet where the knocking was coming from. I found a tiny little 90-year-old woman that had gone into the wrong room, tried to leave, and locked herself into the closet for fuck's sake. Oh my gosh. By the time I got back to the other side, the police were there, and the girls had already told them about the past history, and the cops basically frothing at the mouth to protect us all. I kept my mouth shut and let them check everything. To be honest, they did find a slit window screen, but that had nothing to do with this night. I got a talking to about my fork carrying, but the girls, I was ready to strangle them for not checking the rooms and the residents before freaking out. I, of course, had to tell my bestie about it because it was hilarious. And for days, she would either knock on something near me or a call in the middle of the night to ask me if I heard knocking. About a week later, she was working the Alzheimer's side alone. Someone knocked on the front door of the facility. Thinking it was me visiting and being a dick, she threw the door open and snatched it back closed quickly. Thank God. There were two men at the front door. When she called the police, they were just up the road and showed up before the men could leave. They've been planning to rob the facility for narcotics. Did we continue to prank each other afterwards? Yeah, it actually amped up. Did we go outside to smoke? Yes, we did. Did we continue to carry assault forks? Sometimes. But when I was there, we had a metal bat inside the med room just in case and it went to smoke with us. I know it's a little long and absolutely not that scary, but I hope you enjoyed it. Creep It Real, Danny.
0: Not that scary. That is scary. That's like the real
1: fucking life scary. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I'm so clever. No, like, really, people were trying to get in. I mean... Oh, my God, please. I can't even talk about the little lady in the closet because I'll cry. Oh, my God. So I'm just going to just skip that and put that in my subconscious. But those guys were really trying to come in to rob y'all. And those are probably the same guys that were in the woods trying to learn y'all's routine and Mm -hmm. all that shit.
0: Oh, my gosh. No, that is so scary. And to tell you how, like, dumb I am, I was like, why would they want to rob? Oh, yeah, narcotics. (laughs) I'm like, why would they want to rob? I know. Okay, the next one. Sinister sightings, kinda. Hello, beautiful ladies and Namaste from India. Hold that thought. So I was working with this
1: young guy one time. I may have told you this already. Like I'm talking like high school young guy. And he's like, Yeah, I took yoga for the first time and um he said, What the, what are they talking about at the end when they say no
0: mistakes? <laughs> well, it's not mistakes. So. <laughs> no mistake, and he's got a hearing problem. Right. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Sorry in advance for the long ass email. I am a relatively new listener, have been listening for maybe a year, and I'm trying my damn best to catch up to episodes. I had promised myself not to contact you until I was close to catching up to the latest episode, but after Sinister Sightings 48, I just couldn't wait. Y'all are my favorite podcast and probably the only ones I listen to religiously. And for the past year, you ladies have kept me company through chores. More recently, when I grind and farm in a game I play called Genshin Impact. That sounds like something Donna does on a Saturday night. (laughs) You know, I was thinking Farmville? (laughs) Sorry for rambling. Uh, Me too. But unfortunately for you ladies, I need to ramble more and set the context for me to get into the story I'm about to tell y'all. I live in a tier two city in India, and since my family has been here for nearly a century, most other old inhabitants tend to know us somehow. Some of my family members are locally pretty famous or influential. My great-grandfather is probably the most famous, and we actually live near a square, more of a crossroad, with his name on it. Our current house is a newer construction but lies on the same land. Anyway, this is a long story told by my long-dead grandmother about seeing her father-in-law, said great-grandfather that I mentioned, making a random appearance after he passed away. Okay, so, as Donna says... Picture it. An old Indian style bungalow with the lower ceilings, dim lighting, and kind of winding narrow corridors. I don't remember this old house because I was two when they tore it down and made the new house, but I can send photos if you ladies want them. My great-grandfather had passed away a few months ago, and my grandma was juggling a household. Her husband, three kids, social work, and night school that she ran. She was a rare working, educated woman in these towns. It had been raining heavily for a few days in our town, and at the time, the town was small and had rough roads that cut through forest. My grandfather, an esteemed lawyer, drove to the high court on and off depending on his workload. Remember ladies, this is probably around 1960 and India had old modeled cars like the Ambassador or the old Fiat puttering around cars which did not have all the fancy schmancy newfangled safety mechanisms that modern cars do. So it's afternoon and it's raining heavily. The skies are dark and ominous and the air is heavy with moisture. The dirt roads of our town are tricky and treacherous. Visibility is low. But my grandfather is confident in his abilities and he has a court date that cannot be rescheduled. As he gets ready to leave, my grandmother is in the bedroom trying to get my dad, the youngest of three brothers, to sleep for some time. As she pats him and sings to him, she begins to feel sleepy as well. She's just about to nod off when she senses something, or someone standing over her. She glances back, but no one's there. An icky feeling of dread spreads across her veins, and she gets ready to pick up all three children and fuck off somewhere else. When she hears my great-grandfather's voice in her ear saying, given name, go stop grandfather's nickname right now. He'll be in danger. My grandma knew it had to be my great-grandfather saying this because of the distinct rasp in his voice and the fact that he used the name he had given her. Women would often be given a new name after marriage by their in-laws at that point in time, as well as a nickname only he and other elders of the house had used for my grandfather. She was frozen in disbelief and fear. And then she heard it again. Go save your husband now. Loudly, like he was yelling in her ear. This prompted her to get off her ass with my blissfully sleeping father in her arms and run after my grandfather. However, it was too late. He had already left. A little later, the telephone in the home office rang and she was informed that my grandfather had been in a car accident and gotten injured badly. He had a broken leg and I think injuries on his back and hip too. My grandfather's car had skidded out of control on the way to court and off the road. But a recently fallen tree had stopped him short of going off road and saved his life. My grandma believed till the end of her days that without this warning or some form of divine protection, she would have lost her husband that day. She also said that he appeared in her dreams to tell her about my mom entering the household and a few other things that happened in the household. I'm sorry for the mini novella that I pinned here, but I hope you ladies enjoyed it. If you want to hear more paranormal and true crime stories, I have a bunch of them, including the time when my great-great-grandmother held off people with a rifle to stop her house from being burnt down. Keep It Real, and keep being the most wonderful and beautiful podcasters ever. Yours sincerely, Malavika M. A.K.A. Moles She They. I hope I pronounced your name correctly, but it sounds beautiful. You don't tell me my name's beautiful. Well, also, Karen messaged me and she said, I love you, but why do you say chair for Carrie? I say cherry for Carrie. And I said, well, I say cherry wrong too. I say cheery. <laughs> yes. And so she said, oh, I'm just too much of a Westerner then, like, to her. And I mm-hmm. said, no, I just have speech problems. My mouth isn't good for anything other than carbs and cocks. Touche. <laughs> but it was so funny. Like, I can imagine her and anyone being like, why is it chair for Carrie? But it that's what works. You know, that's what works. If it ain't broke. Well, it is broken. She's talking about her brain. <laughs> You're not wrong.
1: I bet that uh, she was on pins and needles until she got that call
0: being like, what happened? What's going on? Yes. Oh, my God. Talk about anticipation in the worst way possible. You know, that was the longest wait. But you also know your great grandfather was the reason why that tree had fallen. Yeah, I can see that. Gosh, that's so scary. And I had no idea that in-laws gave new names after marriage. I never heard that either. Mm -mm. Y'all all all the time trying to tease us with it. Of course we want you to send that shit in. Yeah. Hello. Your house. Why was your house going to be burnt down? Also, like, I need to know this pistol packing. Great, great, great grandma. (laughs) So send them in. Okay. The next one. Vegas vampire.
1: Hello, lovely ladies. I'm from West side, Las Vegas, and I want to share a creepy story from when I was younger. I freaked out a lot of classmates with this one. Well, maybe more sad than creepy. I live pretty close to my middle school. Gar side. And just one more block away was a block of low-income apartments where a young black man with neglected mental health issues kidnapped and killed at least four homeless people for, quote, vampire purposes. It wasn't confirmed if he drank their blood or anything, but our cops are pretty good with hiding details. The media only talked about one victim, and the body cam video of him wearing shades and all black got spread around Facebook for a little while. But being my quite sneaky self, I hung around that block a lot. You'll just have to trust my eyes. I don't know his name, but they tell it's like the cross streets where they lived, and that was it.
0: Holy shit. Little wannabe Dahmer. Right? Oh my gosh. That's so scary that like when it happens so close to your neighborhood... Especially when it's sensationalized and on Facebook and like you can see the body cam stuff and it's like, you know where all of that is. And yes, it's, oh my gosh. Hi, beautiful creepsters. I've been listening to your podcast for about a month now. And I sit in my empty apartment laughing along with you two like a true creepster. I just finished Escape Room and was reminded of Clinton Road in New Jersey. Before Creepy Podcast, there is a magazine called Weird NJ sold at Random Bodegas in New Jersey. It's a website now that chronicles all the weird and spooky places in the Garden State. My friends and I spent a lot of time driving to different places trying to scare ourselves. One place we went to was Clinton Road. It's rumored to contain all types of paranormal and criminal elements. It's rumored that Satanists hang out in the woods and that if you get out of your car at night on Clinton Road, you are likely to not live long. Some people have reported seeing apparitions of injured animals that are supposed to lure drivers out of their cars. True crime and the paranormal meet with reports of dismembered bodies on Clinton Road. People who have seen their bodies report them to the police and some of them have been recovered. Others seem to disappear once the police get there. The main ghost on Clinton Road just goes by Ghost Boy. There are many different areas on the road where you you can drop a penny in the lake the road passes. The rumor is when you drop your penny in, Ghost Boy will toss the penny out. As far as I know, there isn't a specific report that ties Ghost Boy to a boy who died on the road. No one really knows how Ghost Boy came to appear or why he doesn't want pennies. That's my creepy tale for you. My friends and I never experienced anything on Clinton Road, and I don't know if I should feel disappointed or lucky. Thanks so much for the podcast. I love it. Creep it real, Liz L. Well,
1: what is it with the, like, leaving pennies on graves and stuff, too? It's something.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, you leave, like, I saw it a lot in Salem. Like, people would leave, like, coins and stuff on gravestones.
0: Oh. I don't know, but if I toss a penny in the lake, I don't want anything being tossed back at me. You know, dark water. Anyway, You don't even like a bathtub. I wouldn't want something coming out of the bathtub. You know, I think I've ran across Weird NJ, the website, before.
1: I, you know what, what? I was like, why does it not surprise me that New Jersey had, like, a magazine
0: that was, like, <laughs> yeah,
1: before the internet, you know?
0: Yeah. Because there's been creepsters around a long time. Oh,
1: for sure. Okay, the next one. Amy from Texas. You can use my name. I ain't scared. <laughs> and look, I got the pneumonia. I can't do the... Try it. Okay. Hey ladies, just want to let y'all know I love your show and the way y'all talk makes me feel like I'm having a conversation with my own friends. We cuss and crack up a lot. (laughs) My story takes place about 10 years ago when I was working as a server at a restaurant bar that is part of a line of shops and other restaurants in an old warehouse building that has been renovated. While I was working there, people would talk about the place being haunted, things moving by themselves, hearing footsteps going up the stairs to the manager's office, but no one being there, hearing people running downstairs when no one else was there. However, never did I think I would have my own experience as I never really encountered anything paranormal in my life. This was not because lack of wanting as I have always been obsessed with ghost stories and creepy things. So this was my first night in training and the place was dead. There were maybe a couple of people in there eating one pool table out of 10 in use. Super slow night. Now, remember, this place is an old warehouse, so there's lots of open space, not a lot of hiding places for people to run off to quickly, like if they were playing a joke on you. So my trainer and I were talking to the girl that was working the cash stand, the counter where the customers would go take their pool balls and equipment, and we were leaning up on the counter. As we were chit-chatting, I felt something I've never felt before. You know when people say it felt like somebody was standing right behind me? Well, I always thought that was a load of shit until that point. But that is exactly what I felt. I felt a strong energy come right up behind me. And the second I felt it, I felt something else. I felt someone's hand brush across my ass. I quickly turned around thinking someone was playing a joke on the new girl. I looked over my right shoulder and there was no one there. I slowly turned to look over my left and still no one. Like I said, there's not a lot of space and I definitely would have seen someone trying to run off if it was a real person. I turned my back to face the girls I'm talking to and they're looking at me like, "What in the world?" I said, "Did anyone just walk up behind me?" They both shook their heads no, and then one of the girls said, "Um, why are you so pale?" I said, "Cause a fucking ghost touched my ass." <laughs> I was asked later, are you sure it wasn't just like air brushing up against you? When I say I felt a hand, I mean I felt the palm, fingertips, everything run from my right butt cheek to the left. Oh, and when I turned around, I felt that energy, poof, disappear. It's almost like that horny ghost was like, oh shit, she felt that. So yeah, I think it's a funny story. Nothing threatening. Just a ghost dude being like, I haven't touched one of those in a while. I hope you ladies are having a great day, and I'll write in more stories in the future. Creep it real, and
0: I love being scared. Well, I need a horny ghost. You are a horny ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. So when Amy said there was not a lot of hiding places for people to run off too quickly, I thought she was going to say to have a quickie. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. So, yeah, I was like, oh, shit. Let's get it on that's that kind of workplace okay okay (laughs) you know I got a ball in a corner pocket I mean okay cue it up boo you know yeah I got it I am my own sinister sighting all right last one hey girls George B here again from the great city we share I just thought I'd share a quick encounter I had the other night at work I work at an upscale liquor store and one of my co-workers for privacy, let's call him Jake, the guy Blanche on the Golden Girls dated in one episode who is arguably the hottest guy she dated on the show. So this guy, Jake, is ridiculously cute and sexy. He's also very young and very straight and I'm in a relationship anyway. And hey, he makes for a fantastic eye candy and I'm married, not dead. So anyway, the other night I was standing at the register looking up some inventory and he was standing directly behind me and another coworker, let's call him Coco, the cook in the pilot episode of Golden Girls, he's standing near us, forming basically a triangle out of the three of us. So Jake and Coco are talking whilst I'm looking up inventory and I suddenly feel a finger touch my ass cheek and lazily, tantalizingly, teasingly making its way down in a very curvy line. This wasn't a light touch. I distinctly felt it. And at first, I didn't even think anything of it, just continued what I was doing and thinking, dang, Jake's being all playful all of a sudden. Then it dawns on me, wait, why is Jake doing that? He's straight. So I turn around and ask him, did you just touch my butt? He looked at me blankly and said, no, why would I? I'm like, I felt your finger on my butt and moved down the cheek. He insists he didn't do it, and Coco agrees that he didn't see Jake touch me. But I definitely felt that finger. It took a while for me to believe that Jake didn't do it. So I got to thinking about the other time strange things happened in the liquor store, and how we'd always joke that it was haunted. So now I wonder, Was I just sexually molested by a ghost? Sexually molested is definitely a joke. I mean, it was just a finger on my ass cheek. Nothing too intimate, but still. I don't believe it was just a nerve tremor or anything like that. I thought that finger pressed hard against me. So that's my haunted liquor store story. Anyway, thank you girls for all that you do. As I write this, it is New Year's Eve, and I'm hoping 2022 will bring us more joy and happiness than 2021 did. Love y'all, creep it real, and don't get scared scared. George B. from Mississippi. Sorry, Donna, not quite rhyming enough to be a radio disc jockey. Sidebar, yes. Jake, so, <laughs> was like, yes.
1: <laughs> but meanwhile, when you thought it was Jake, you were like, throw that ass in a
0: circle. <laughs> I'm going to pretend like I don't feel it, so he'll keep doing it. Because, you know, sometimes if you acknowledge something, they'll just stop. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if it felt good, it felt good. Mm-hmm.
1: He said, why would I? Well, because... Because
0: my ass is touchable.
1: But, like, also hilarious that the last two stories dealt with ass touching. Yes! But, like, also don't go around touching people's asses. It's kind of problematic. Keep your hands to yourself. But keep these stories fucking coming because they are the best. Thank y'all so much for sending them in. Keep them coming. Quit teasing us. You know we want them. chicks at gmail.com. And remember...
0: Creep it real and, and don't, don't get scared.